we are the luckiest people on the face of the planet to be able to have this job. Okay. Like I draw cool shit for a living, right? It's awesome. Do whatever you got to do to have fun with it and to, to make as much money as you can with it at the end of the day. Podcast is fuel for your mind and creative grind. Each week, my guests and I provide the skills for thinking bigger, overcoming adversity, and making an impact with your work. What's going on? You're listening to episode 168 of the Perspective Podcast. My name is Scotty Russell of Perspective Collective, and I'm here to break down the art of healthy hustling for artists, designers, and freelancers worldwide. At the end of each episode, I plug a listener of the week, so stick around to figure out how you can get a permanent shout out on a future episode. Moving on to today's topic. I want to ask you a question. Whose path are you following right now? Are you following the path of someone you highly admire and draw a lot of inspiration from? Or are you following the path you've been blazing on your own terms? No doubt, success leaves clues, but I'd advise you to steer away from building your creative empire based on the coattails of someone else's achievements. You can take inspiration and learn from others all day, but inject your secret sauce and make it unmistakably your own. And that's why I respect today's guest so much. He's a rising juggernaut in the creative realms that you should take notice of. I'm talking about my brother, my brethren, Josh Sullivan, slaying design dragons out of Springfield, Missouri, not Illinois. He operates under the identities of Fried Design Company, which specializes in vice for brand identity, packaging, illustration, and apparel, as well as Supper Agency, which specializes in premium brand strategy, design and identity, and advertising. Not only is Josh a G with his design and illustration skills, but he's a straight up nerd when it comes to the creative business side of things. You know, the things most of us struggle with. So take notes as we're about to dive deep on being your own client and hiring yourself, forging your own path, how to make marketing easy with brand strategy, finding your permission to win, paying your dues, pricing scenarios, pizza, paranormal, and more. Again, you can find all the links. I'm talking about mhlscotty.com, the show notes, as well as a video of this episode over at perspective-collective.com slash 168. And do me a favor, if you found value in this episode, spread the good word by sharing a screenshot or a video of you listening or working to this in the background. Tag me on Instagram as well as Fried Design Co. so we can connect and I can reshare the love back. As always, keep an open mind and act on anything that inspires you today. Let's go. PC family, today I'm joined by the wicked, talented homie, Josh Sullivan of Fried Design Co. Welcome to the Perspective Podcast. How you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to do this. So for those who don't know, uh, we're recording uh, in the middle of a pandemic. This episode will come out. Hopefully everything is so much better by the time this episode comes out, you know, a month later. But um, give people kind of a state of mind where you are right now. You're in Springfield, Illinois. Missouri, Springfield, Missouri. Missouri, sorry. Yeah, sorry, no, sorry. no, no, Illinois no, no. It's, it's no big deal. There's a bunch of Springfields, so it's it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bananas. I'm in my studio right now uh, here in downtown Springfield. Uh, there's usually about, I don't know, about like, like 10 to 15 people here, and I'm the only one here. So I came, I came specifically to do this podcast today. So I love it. Just to like get out of my house and not have, you know, kids running up my back while I'm trying to record. So for those who don't know, give us a brief Wikipedia page summary about who you are, what you do, and most importantly, why people should care about the kind of work you do and the services you provide. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, 
My name is Josh Sullivan. I am the owner of uh, and founder of Fried Design Company here in Springfield, and I'm also the co-owner of Supper. Um, Fried is a uh, is your kind of like traditional graphic design agency. We say that we specialize in vice, right? So we do a lot of uh, cannabis, alcohol, um, food, hospitality work, um, like in the bar restaurant scene. And then we do um, we're doing more and more like action sports stuff. Uh, music stuff for bands, things like that. Um, we like to say that like we do all the cool shit, right? That's kind of where we focus in on. Um, and then we've got a little bit more of a kind of a, like an aggressive punk rocky kind of style that we kind of lean into. And so uh, we get called a lot for that. And then at Supper, uh, it's a full service ad agency um, specializing in kind of the same things of, um, of alcohol, cannabis, food, and hospitality. But in a much kind of like cleaner, older sister look <laughs> for, uh, for clients who need, um, not so aggressive. Yeah. Well, just for clients who needed a bit more, um, I don't know, like kind of sheen to it or something like it, whenever I started Friday, it was just never built to be, um, an ad agency. It was supposed to be a design agency. And so, um, as we continue to grow and as kind as clients continued to need more and more and more, um, you know, we just weren't built to be able to, have that kind of service model. And so it made sense to me to recognize the opportunity and start another business to go along with it as well. Crazy, man. Okay. So not only do you and your team just crush incredible work, like seriously, when you're talking about aggressive in the vice form, uh, here's the t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. I don't know if you guys can see it. Specializing in vice, <laughs> he literally, I'm wearing what he says. Um, but you nerd out, you're super passionate about the business aspects of design. So can you kind of like take us back to the beginning when you're just dipping your toes as a designer? Like, how did it start? You know, when you got asked to do your first job to the point like where you really were like, okay, I want to dive into the business side of things. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, it's kind of a weird story. So I actually, I had no idea that like, whenever I was in college, like graphic design was a job that you could have. Uh, I think a lot of people probably have that exact same experience for whatever reason. Um, so I went to college because uh, I wanted to work in the music industry, right? Um, and so I went and got an entertainment business degree. Uh, and then whenever I graduated, that was like right at like 2008, whenever the music industry just didn't exist anymore. <laughs> it was just wrecked from everything all of my friends and everything that I was in college with since I was in entertainment business were musicians and, and I was a little bit and stuff at the time. And so I got into uh, making merch and stuff like that for them as well as making like small little websites and you know, that kind of stuff and started to get really into uh, design. And so I decided to go, um, I'd always been kind of an artsy kid, you know? And so I went back to school, uh, and got an associate's degree in graphic design. And then that's kind of where it kicked off from there. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I got the luxury of having the business degree first um, and then being able to kind of kick that into to a art and design um, going forward. So like, when did you start making money from design in your art? You know, tell us about that story. How did that journey come off? Cause we're eventually going to dive deep into like 
the business side of pricing and it goes into packaging, branding and so forth. Yeah. So, um, I, my story is kind of like any other graphic designers, you know, like I did the internship thing. Um, I lived in Orlando, Florida for a number of years. I lived in Austin, Texas for a few years and then moved back to my hometown here in Springfield. You know, I worked in the agency thing for a while. Um, and I really liked that. And that was, you know, that was, I was making great money there as a, as a senior art director, um, for a big food service like advertising agency here in Springfield that, you know, I kind of um, really kind of really got going in my career with. And then I was the marketing director for a brewery um, for like two years. And then after that, I was like, you know what, to hell with this shit. I'm going to make this thing a run at it. And that was whenever I started fried. And then ever since then, that's, you know, that's where we're at today. Were you doing anything on the side? I was doing some freelance work. Um, I had actually started a, um, a small like screen printing company um, that we were doing like t-shirts and uh, like gig posters and stuff like that. Um, and just for kind of like as a side hustle type gig. And I was doing that the entire time I was at the agency and that was super, super fun. Um, that eventually just kind of ran its course, uh, because of like, it's just a shitload of work, <laughs> but, uh, but I was designing stuff and putting stuff out that way. And that kind of like got my, got my real creative itch going with like, Oh, I could just do this for myself. Or, you know, I can have a brand that's, that's people want to be involved with outside of, um, the services we provide. Right. So fried for instance, now, like we sell a bunch of merch and that kind of stuff as well to go along with the design work that we do. So. It's kind of got like a, a, a Lincoln feel to it, but in your own style, you know? You're an agency, not necessarily an agency, but like a design boutique studio in Vice, but then you have your own dope merch on the side too, you know? But just in your own lane still. It's your own lane. I kind of am a big fan of forging your own path. And so like, of course, like the Lincolns and the folks like that and the Draplins and the, um, you know, the Clark Wars and Hellcats of the world and all them, like, they crush doing their thing kind of in the same way, but in a very different way as well, you know? So I, I would wrap you in with that. And so that's, uh, that's kind of where we try and, and make our own, you know, our own little way. So you seem to land a lot of dope dream related projects. You know, if I was pushing freelance, it would be in the type of field that you're playing in with fried, you know, the cannabis, uh, um, the dope packaging, the skulls, all that kind of stuff. So how did you put yourself in a position to land this type of work in your own style that the clients really dig? Did you start off by hiring yourself for this kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of it. Um, we show the work that we want to get to. I mean, that's a big part of it. I think you hear that from Go it. deeper in that. Yeah. Because that's, that's <laughs> such a widely used term. But let's, let's, let's wrap some more context around it because this is what I teach my students is literally hire yourself you know, show the work you want to get and be known for something rather than like doing all types of things and not being, I guess, a specialist or niching down. So dive deep into showing the work you want to get. I could not be more of a believer in like niching down. Right. And, and that's, I mean, that's our whole reason is like, we specialize in vice. Like we do all different kinds of work, you know, but we don't really show a lot of it. We do editorial magazine design work. We do all kinds of weird manufacturing work. We do, you know, we're like all over the place. Um, but the main work that we show is in that, is in that kind of vice category. Um, and that's kind of where we, where we have the most fun, um, not only 
because the clients are weird and generally a little bit more like us, but that's also a kind of place where we feel like we have permission to win, um, which is a term I use a lot of like permission to win. Yeah. That's something that I got. That's something that I got from back in my, in my agency days with this guy, Doug Austin, um, that I know who's like just a, a real smart dude. He used to say that all the time, where do you have permission to win? And it's like those areas where you feel like you have a good personality fit and that you feel like you can do the best work for those kinds of people. And so that's where we, where we kind of lean into. I mean, a lot of our clients are, you know, are big personalities and we have big personalities that can match that. And a lot of people don't like a lot of people just don't have the stomach to work and the kind of work that we do, you know? And so whether it's a moral compass (laughs) or whether it's a, whatever it is, you know, some people just don't, aren't into it and we are. And so we are, we're a good fit for it. Um, but, but as far as like going in and and showing the, you know, showing the work that you want to do, a lot of that is working for ourselves and showing our merch and our Instagram page and Hey, look at all this weird shit that we make all the time. But then also, Hey, look, and, uh, you know, this client was brave enough to let us lead on a project and this is what came out of it and it worked and this is why it worked. And by the way, it's got some super awesome fucking graphics to go along with it. So when were you just like playing in the beginning, like on the side using Instagram just as your little personal portfolio? You do a dope ass piece, but like creating the work you wish to see in the world into a track. So how did you take it one step further? Because I like to challenge my students. Okay, here is the dope, pretty two D static JPEG you just posted to Instagram. But if someone's gonna hire you. How can you show it in like a tangible commercialized setting? Yeah. And I think you guys do a great job, you know, with your, your mock or not necessarily mock-ups, but your branding and everything. But how can someone who doesn't have this yet with the clients, you know, what would you do if you were in their shoes or what did you do? So one piece, like one, this is something that we still do. And like, I'm trying to figure out how to monetize and like revenue stream it. And I think I've kind of figured it out is like, we'll create a fake brand, man. Like, like if, yes. like if we just, if we think something's cool, like if we're like, Hey, here's this cool illustrate. We do this all the time. So like Gus will send me a, um, an illustration of like a sketch or something that he's got. And we're working on one right now called mockingbird coffee. That's just like for fun that we do on the side whenever we are like, just, you know, kicking back. And I don't know, you know, if you've ever got a few, you know, you know how you have those like little windows of like 15 minutes where you're kind of like, I'm going to warm up on something a little bit or whatever. Well, all of those times, like if you put them together, make for a lot of time. (laughs) And so we just spend those little bits amounts of time making something cool. So we're doing one right now called Mockingbird Coffee. That's a coffee like brand, right? And then we'll say, hey, look, this is kind of what the target demographic for it looks like. And this is who we think would buy something like this. So let's just create a coffee brand. So this is like the brand strategy. Oh man, we dive deep, deep, deep into Oh my like, God, can we nerd out over that in a little bit too? Yeah, yeah, we can, we can keep this going all day long. We kind of start with all those like, all those little strategy points of, Hey, this is who might buy something like this or be interested in it. And, and then we just go deep and we start making stuff and we make it the way that we want to make it. Cause we're the clients. And if somebody digs it, they dig it. And if they don't, they don't. But at the end of the day, we showed it and it's work that we believe in, you know, do you put that in like a portfolio then we put it all together. We call it ghost brands. <laughs> and they're just brands <laughs> that it. we keep on our Dropbox that like every once in a while we'll, we'll like, pull out and be like hey look this is a cool thing and sometimes we'll put it on instagram and sometimes we'll like sometimes we'll put it into proposals that we send to folks okay. like to, to proper clients and say hey look this is work and we always note like hey this is a brand for sale or whatever and sometimes we might 
that's always something we've kicked around of like another revenue stream of like, could we, you know, could somebody who knows how to make coffee and doesn't know shit all about who their target market is, or they just want to make cool coffee, is this something that they could just buy, right? And kind of lean into from a brand perspective, and then we can edit it to fit exactly what their needs are, but at least it gives them a leg up of seeing what's possible. Um, is that something that we could kind of use as a revenue stream or, um, and things like that, which I've always been a big, like a big person against like the people who would just go on and like buy logos online to fit their business. You know, that should always seem real. Like, let me get that template real quick. Yeah. Real. Where, where's the brand strategy in that? Yeah. That always seems real shitty to me. But, um, but if you go and you say, Hey, look, this is something with the target in mind. Does it match what your needs are with your product? And sometimes it does. And if that works out, then, then we can kind of make edits here and there to, to make it fit better. And so is that something that we might do? Maybe, I don't know, but for the time being, it's, um, it's creating work that we want to get back, you know? That's, that's dope. And I love it because I don't want to even talk about me too long, but like when I got canned last November, immediately I'm freaking out. I'm like, this portfolio sucks. I don't want to do UI, UX, web work anymore. And I haven't really created anything I want to show what to get. So I spent two weeks creating fake brands. I made a coffee brand um, and I made a pizza brand. And you can see my secret portfolio that I never sent to clients over at scottyrussell.co. But I did exactly what you said to showcase the type of illustrative lettering branding that I wanted to create. Dude, we do it all the time, man. We do it all the time. We've, we've done dispensaries that we put into new cannabis client proposals. And that's another thing we do too, is like, generally speaking, if I can get in the room with somebody and this is years of agency work, like if I can get in a room, I've got you at that point, like I will sell it to you. And that's just something that has got to be learned. So you just said another thing right there too. You got to, if you're an artist or a designer and you want to win in the long term selling yeah man it's pitching your ideas speaking back into their language of what they told you they want you know and then twisting it what you want but then just speaking back into the language that they were having you know like you're selling every day you you're right on the ball it's such a big part of this business and a fun part when you get good at it yeah it's super fun to go in and into those rooms and be able to close it especially with people you know, um, of all different kinds of backgrounds and stuff like that. It's just, it's super fun to relate to people in that way. And then in that setting and then see what their needs are and be able to read the room and be able to sell it to them in that way. And look, man, you can be, you can be a good graphic designer and a great salesperson and make a shitload of money. <laughs> and if you're a really good graphic designer and a really good salesperson, you're pretty much fucking unstoppable. And so you could be a great designer and a bad salesman and, and be, be terrible. Yeah. Starving artist. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also along with the power of selling is being enthusiastic. Yeah. When you're pitching and presenting. And I think people lack that, you know, like having some energy yeah. when you're trying to close something. Absolutely. So are all your, are all your pitching, I guess, done in person Is most of your clients local or do you get a lot of like, you're never just sending off an email. Here's a PDF. No, no, no. You know, yeah, you you get on a call. Do whatever to I got to do. Walk them through it. Yeah, to at least walk them through it so you don't give them the autonomy of just sitting in on their OEN, scrolling, taking it in without you walking them through it. And here's a price. Nah, dude, if I can make it, and I think it's like that, if it's that big of a job, I'll fucking travel. Like, <laughs> I'm coming to you. Like, we'll make whatever we got to do happen. 
And it just means so much more too. It's like, you believe in it. You're going to go, you're going to sell it. It's your work. How badly do you want it? Dude, if you're not, if you're just going to send off an email proposal to somebody and just shoot it off and be like, Hey, here's your proposal. Thanks. I'll hear, but you're never that you're, you're fucked. You're never going to hear anything back. And maybe you do every once in a while and it's never going to be the jobs that you want to get. And you're never going to get to the level you want. It's not going to be someone who takes themselves as serious as the work you want to attract. No. Especially like a, like a, a t-shirt, you know? Yeah. No. A t-shirt Don't and do an that. email. And then you just like write, oh, I think $100 via email. No PDF, no nothing. Don't do that. Look, Step it up. There's time and a place for that, I guess. You know, if it's if it's little bitty jobs or whatever, you know, I, I'm not going to say that like- Or I like do helping that. a friend in a pinch. I'm not going to say that I do these huge proposal pitches for like every single job that goes out the door because we have jobs of all shapes and sizes, right? And so we try and keep that, you know, at a minimum, but it's not, we do every once in a while, like I'm like, hey, here's what we're thinking. What do you think? You know, and that's- that's fine and all, but if it's like a proper brand project, no, we're, we're having them come in here and, and we're going to put on the show and we're going to throw it up on the big flat screen and we're going to, you know, have bottles of water and have snacks out and I'm going to, and I'm going to dance for you. <laughs> so let's dive in to more of the brand strategy because Melinda Livesey was just on last week, who's a brand strategist, you know, but I think like you can then take it a next level to help really parallel it to the listeners. Like she did a great job. And then I think you can jump on what she had talked about, but in your own, uh, I guess, own approach, you know, just hitting it from another angle from someone. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, I, on my, like on our website, um, at least on the supper website, I'm listed as like co-founder and creative strategist, right. Uh, or creative lead, whatever. And, um, and I do very much consider myself a brand strategist as well as an art director, designer type, mainly because I've, I have a very, very specific process that we follow, um, that I kind of like live and die by. And the whole thing really does start with strategy. Like the, the design work that we create, um, at supper is vastly different from the work that we do at fried. And sometimes it is more or less, uh, you know, Sometimes it's more different. Sometimes it's less different. It's so it's a little bit all over the place, but it's always rooted in, in strategy. And so one of the things that we always say too, is like marketing should be really, really, really fucking easy. Like that, that's all that there is to it because marketing is just spending. That's the difference between advertising and marketing and branding. It's like, if you spend the time and be really, really um, serious about the strategy of your brand, for clients um, and start out from the beginning of defining target markets and user profiles and value propositions and mission statements and, and how you talk to people from a voice standpoint and you know, how you don't talk to people from a voice standpoint is just as important and lining all that stuff out to go along with your graphics packages is so much more powerful. And, um, and then whenever you know exactly who you're talking to, you know exactly how you're supposed to talk to them you know, the exact graphics that you're supposed to give to them. At that point, all you should have to do is just say, Hey, this is the, this is the group of money that I have for marketing. And now I just need to apply it to places where I know that these specific people are going to be able to get the message the easiest, right? If your target market is, you know, you're selling hearing aids to people in their seventies, you're not going to blast them with social media messages. In a style of vice. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like it's it should break down and be pretty easy at that point as long as you know exactly who you're talking to and how you're supposed to talk to them. And that all starts from having a really strong brand. The Side Hustlers Handbook PDF course is now available over at SideHustlersHandbook.com. This is your blueprint for experiencing the freedom of a fulfilling and profitable creative side hustle future. It's an in-depth yet easy to digest and interactive resource packed with thought-provoking and action-oriented exercises, reference examples, and clutch resources. The best part is that it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg or four figures and take you months to complete. So if you're tired of feeling creatively stuck and you refuse to be in the same place you're at a year from now, then this was made specifically for you. It's designed to help you gain extreme clarity and confidence, master and leverage your limited time, become a self-promoting machine to attract the right tribe and or client, and so much more. The best part about this is that a one-time purchase unlocks lifetime free upgrades. However, you gotta jump on phase one of the handbook ASAP at this current introductory rate as the price is going to increase as I begin updating it with new exercises and expanded resources. So if you're fed up with where you're at and you're ready to invest in your future side hustle success, snag your handbook right now over at sidehustlershandbook.com. Your breakthrough is with. I think what you're saying is hella powerful again i want to challenge people who are not only freelancers but they're just content creators or like someone like me i'm a coach i have to have brand strategy to understand who my ideal student is where are they you know what are their psychographics and demographics and things like that yeah or like what stage of their career are they in or where do these people not only that but like where do they you know where do they go to get content is it YouTube or is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Or now something like TikTok exactly. too. And yeah. if you're trying to hit the smaller, younger kids and the generation of everybody flocking over there. So I, it's like, I want to challenge people who are listening here and be like, well, I don't really focus on freelance. I'm more, you know, still finding my way of content creation and seeing where it goes from there. Like this is how you can spin it too. I, I like to imagine who's your perfect listener. Who's your perfect follower. Who's your perfect client. Who's your perfect avatar. I'm not sure what you guys call them. Social profiles. Yeah. Yeah. We just do user profiles. Yeah. I, I think it's incredible. So once you get that locked down, so you guys just nerd out over the brand strategy part first. Big time. Big right. Time, Between, big time. Before each product. So when you get a, an inquiry, is that usually coming in from your website? It's all over the place. We do a lot of word of mouth work. I mean, that's, okay. that's the vast majority of our stuff is all word of mouth. Yeah. Awesome. So when someone comes in, they give you, you, you give them a brief or they provide you a brief. Do you give them something to fill out beforehand or like what's kind of your strategy of, you know, client discovery and then getting all the content up front as much as possible, get all the answers up as much as possible. Yeah, we do. Um, so our process is usually like, it, it's a little bit all over the place. So we'll have clients. So for fried, for instance, right. Fried focuses on just design work for the most part, right? Like we don't do a lot of like, we do brand design, illustration, that kind of stuff. Uh, we work with clients, we work with agencies, we work with everybody. So that's one thing. And so I'll talk about it first. And supper is completely different because it's, it's a proper like ad agency style. So fried gets clients that are of all different sizes. Sometimes they've got no fucking idea what it is they're trying to start and do. And they just come in and they're like, look, I know I need something here. You guys are going to have to tell me what if they at any point try and nickel and dime in that very first, you know, first few interactions, that's immediately like a red flag for us. And we'll just say, we're probably not, not a good fit. Sometimes they bring a brief. Sometimes they don't. 
Um, we always start with a questionnaire before we have a person in person meeting um, or really even before a phone call for the most part. Like I just shoot them a questionnaire. If they don't fill it out, they're probably full of shit. If they fill it out really poorly, they're probably full of shit. You're putting up a gate basically, you know, a filter. Yeah. I put up a gate. Yeah. And so, um, and so, but then if you get it and they fill it out and we ask them what their budget is right up front and, um, and not to like weed people out because we work with people of all different kinds of budgets, depending on what the project is. And so we do that. We fill out the questionnaire. Um, after that, we try and set up, um, you know, a meeting to go through it and to make sure that, you know, the personalities are a good fit. Um, and then after that, we do brand strategy. So if like, if, if it's somebody looking for a brand, you know, a whole brand, we'll do a whole brand strategy, you know, session that's usually four hours to a day, depending on how you know big the company is. And we go through user profiles and I walk all the way through this whole like matrix of giving people, you know, finding out what their attributes are, finding out who their target market is, finding out, um, you know, what the needs of those people are and then how we can, how we can help them. And then um, on the supper side of that, we go even deeper where it's, we start to figure out uh, business strategies for those people and put up timelines to see who, you know, um, or how they're, where they have the biggest opportunity to get the best return on investment as fast as they can from, from whatever their strategic needs are. So you said you're open to be honest and transparent. So it sounds like supper, are you able to charge a lot more through this agency? Very style much than so. what you Yeah, very much so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like not even close since this is more like, I, I think it's comparable, but like only because the tactic lists are so much bigger, right? Like we're not going to come in. So supper does media like buying. You know what I mean? Like we do, we do um, not just the strategy and design part of it, but then it's going all the way into full advertising campaign development, right? So, um, so developing the campaigns, figuring out the communication plans for all those, which is, you know, um, again, all the marketing behind it. Um, and then actually all the media buying behind that as well. So, you know, that goes all the way into, into, commercial video production and placing those ads or um, print ads and placing those ads in different regions or placing geo-targeted digital ads in different parts of the country, whatever that is, like that tactic list is so much bigger and those jobs are so much bigger that the strategy behind it takes so much longer. Um, and there's so much more on the line because the, 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 you know, the media buying budget is so much bigger than somebody's bar brand right? Which is, or whatever, our skate decks or whatever that Fried's doing, you know, Supper is going to come in and do a full ad campaign for whoever. And it's, it's just way bigger. You know, there's way more money on the line. And so we charge more for it. No, that makes total sense. That gives me a good feel of like where I feel my listeners at this stage of their journey are more going to be aligned to the Fried design. For sure. Side of big things, time, big time. You know? Yeah. I would think so anyway. And, and getting started then, so in terms of pricing from a fried design, I think that's where people are mostly going to be. You say you work with people all over the place, you know, big or small, whatever they are. Um, just getting started, you have a smaller person coming in. What's an example of like a small project and how you would price it? We do. I will say that we keep, this helps is that we try and keep like a minimum engagement, right? And we say that's like a thousand bucks, right? So like no matter what we do, it, is generally going to be a thousand bucks. So we need to figure out a way to get it 
to that number. Typically, if it's a thousand dollars, like people are like that weeds people out pretty quick. It doesn't mean that we don't break that. We do all the time, <laughs> you know, but it just typically the way that we do stuff is fried a business. If it's a hell yes, then it's a hell yes. If it's a hell no, then it's a hell no, you know, or um, if we're on the fence about it, we just generally don't do it unless that's yeah. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Yeah, exactly. If it sounds fun, then we'll do it for whatever we need to do it for, you know. I know how much money we need to rake through this place at the end of the day or how much we need to charge hourly to keep the lights on and keep everybody's salary where they needs to be and pay everybody, you know, what they deserve. Um, so as long as we're making that, we're kind of, we'll take whatever we want to take, you know, especially if you feel like it's going to look good in a portfolio or attract a potential bigger version of what you want it to be. Yeah. Well also we're big fans of like just helping people, man. Like sometimes people just need a fucking hand and people want to get, especially people in the graphic design business are like, Oh, we don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to what, whatever for fucking reason, I'm not going to take it because it's not enough money. Like, dude, we take fine. We'll do it. You know, <laughs> like, I want to commend you too. I mean, when this comes out, this was a month ago, mind you guys. But just earlier in this week, as like shit's hitting the fan, everybody's getting locked up. Who who knows? Maybe we're under a national lockdown as we're talking right now for who knows how long. But you just offered help to anybody in a pinch with a quick little need of design service. You're like, I don't know what to do right now. I'm in a weird spot. But like, if there's somebody I can help with a, a quick pinch of a design service, like you offered something like that. Trey Sprinkle in Texas hooked one of my homies here in Cedar Falls up with something. Um, so when you say you are looking to help, people i want to make sure people know that's not just you full of shit right now so i can like you know at least reaffirm it you know affirm what you're saying yeah man i mean we we try and help people um and and on the other side of that too is like we know what we're worth i mean we're we're really fucking good at this you know at the end of the day and it's worth money and so and people who are willing to pay that and go on that trip with us, generally speaking, are like lifelong clients that's where the word of mouth comes in that's your best form of free marketing yeah. I mean, so, but anyways, to answer your question, like say if you're a bar that comes in, we're like, okay, we need to do a brand for this place and it's a cocktail bar and they tell us about it and whatever. And we say, what's your budget? And they say, uh, well, we don't really know how much this stuff costs, which is always the big one, right? They're not designers and they don't know what they don't know. You can either take that one or two ways. It's like, well, Small businesses generally just don't like they do have a marketing budget because they wrote a business plan to go to the bank and get money to start their business, you know, but a lot of the time they just don't know what they're supposed to spend. So we try and walk through like three different options generally on like it's the classic like website selling, you know, <laughs> of like uh, basic standard pro. Okay, you do three tiers. We do three and sometimes we do two. Sometimes we do four. But you kind of have your baseline and then it'll tailor to each person's um, project. Yeah, absolutely. We very, very rarely do like, if somebody's like, hey, I need a logo. We're like, nah, son. <laughs> you know, like we just don't like, if hey, if you want to do this whole thing and do it right, cool. But we rarely, rarely, rarely do um, do like just logo work. So would it be like the next step up and be like, uh, we, we offer identity systems. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, we'll come in and it all depends on what kind of business it is. I mean, keep in mind, like 
we don't really do any work for the man is what I say, you know? So it's not like a bank is calling us and like, Hey, we need a new logo. You know what I mean? Like vice. It's, ge- <laughs> vice it's generally, vice. it's generally like a cannabis brand or a beer company. And so, and then we're like, okay, well, you know, we're not really going to do just your logo. If you want us to do your logo and your brand style guides and um, you know, maybe one or two like packaging options or something like that. Well, we'll wrap all that up and say, look, we'll do that for this amount of money if you can get there. And then if you want us to do all of your packaging, well, we'll do it for this amount. And then if you want us to do your website with whatever, then we can do it for this. And then you, you can see how it just continues to grow. We're getting into interior design now too, which is dope. <laughs> and so uh, like, so now we're tacking that on. It's like, okay, we'll come in and we'll do, you know, we'll do, interior design on places as well which is super super fun and um so like any kind of anytime we start to tack on more and more and more stuff that we're capable and really good at doing the price just goes up and so then people get a good sense of you know how we can help and and what they need to budget and and sometimes it scares people away and sometimes it doesn't um i will say that generally speaking we seem to be on like a three-month sales cycle right of like people come up and say hey we want to do this and we say okay this is how much everything costs and they go okay (laughs) and then whenever we finally get started on the project is generally somewhere between like you know two and three months after that initial contact okay what's kind of like okay so 1000 is kind of a minimum and i think a lot of people once they get started maybe it's 300 maybe it's 500 you know for me it's it's 1000 if i'm doing a mural easily minimum 2 grand it's got to be worth my time yeah yeah example and that's a that's a great like reference on like the t-shirt stuff right most people are getting started with the t-shirt you know so like if you were getting started with the t-shirt and we can pivot from there but like how would you have getting started with the t-shirt how would you approach it now if you weren't where you were, you know, maybe a couple of years ago or something, yeah. five, six, seven, eight years ago, yeah. and t-shirt was like one of the first things you're getting asked to hit up. Yeah. So, well, with the t-shirt stuff, it's kind of weird because, um, you know, whenever people are first starting out, um, they typically don't have the administrative backends to start really diving deep with like licensing and stuff like that. It can just be kind of confusing and overwhelming and you don't really know what you're supposed to do with it. And should I hire a lawyer for this or should I just write my own contract or whatever. And that shit is generally a big pain in the ass. So what I always tell people starting out is like, do it until people are willing to pay whatever you want to get paid. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's hard to, it's all relative and it's all what you feel like your value is. And, and if you're cool selling somebody a t-shirt for 50 bucks, like go do it. That's fine with me, to be honest with you. I'm not okay with that. But if you feel like you're okay with that, then go for it. I guess for me, I'm to the point now, I've never done it for a big brand who I know I need to license it for a year or two years or offer them a a buyout. So for me, you know, if I was ever going to do it, I'm not really taking on heavy freelance in that direction. Now it's like a $500 minimum fee. Yeah, exactly. That's like a flat. That's it. That's what it is for me. But I know that's not for a lot of people, and I haven't been in that position to do licensing. So, like, if someone's just getting started off, is it just easier to go the route of here's a flat fee? That's what I think. I personally think that that is. I'll probably get crucified for saying this shit. It's going to be like a local restaurant or some brand on Instagram hitting you up and, 
you like asking them, hey, how long, are, uh, how many are you a quantity? What's the printing? Uh, how much are you selling them for? How big is your audience? You know, what's the value provided to you versus like someone like Dickie's hiring you for a t-shirt design? Yeah, man. Look, uh, you know, Uncle Tony's pizza on the corner doesn't give a shit about your licensing fee. You know what I mean? Like they want a cool t-shirt and can you do or it for royalties? Them? Yeah. You know, or or can you or can you not? And like, that's, if you can do it, man, make it for them. Cause it's awesome. You know, like that stuff is cool. Getting to make a t-shirt for a local pizzeria. That shit's awesome. Don't, don't try and price your way out of it by trying to do some licensing agreement. Now, with that being said, once you get to a certain point and people are making huge revenue streams off of merchandise, like selling your t-shirt design for like 30 plus $35 for a t-shirt or something. Bands, bands, man. If it's a big band, like a nationally touring band, Get that licensing agreement in there. That's the time to start doing that kind of stuff. How would you approach that? There's well, there's a bunch of different ways you can do it. Like you can do you can do royalties, you can do limits on prints, right? So if you say, hey, or you can say the first pressing of this limited to this amount of, of prints, right? On this design. Sometimes you can say it's, you know, um, you could say it's a year. So you'll license this for a year. Um, you can license this for up to a thousand prints on t-shirts and bandanas and koozie, whatever, you know, like whatever those things are, or just t-shirts. And you can do that however you want to do it at the end of the day. If whatever's going to make you the most amount of money is probably what I would suggest doing. Um, licensing agreements are still hard to keep up with until you start to get into those type of clients where they have um, artist management systems and they have their own things in place where they're used to getting those type of agreements, then that shit gets followed up on pretty well and you can make yourself some nice little money if they decide to start doing reprints of stuff. And then the other way you can do it is like, the, again, those folks are used to that type of system um, and have come up in that business format. And then if you want to just sell them the whole thing, I just double the price this is what I do. Just to double. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, that's, again, that's up to you. If you want to charge them 50% or 25%, or if you want to charge them four times the price, that's, that's your call, you know, but that's, that's what I do. I just charge double. Okay. So just to recap, if you're getting new in the game, say you're, you know, getting your work out there. Like I have students and stuff who are getting hit up, you know, we're two months by the time this comes out, the three month coaching program is done again, but they're like two or three months into this with this style they're really finding and they're getting hit up for design. And it's maybe it's not something, maybe it's a, an account with 25,000 followers or a brand or an influencer or something like that. So for me, it'd be like, I tell them, you know, charge a flat fee of what you feel comfortable with. If it was a huge brand, a huge band, you know, we could talk about different routes, but so like that flat fee of what you feel comfortable with, I think is a good starting point. Would you agree? Flat fees in the beginning when you're just getting started. Yeah, I do, man. And, and I mean, whenever you're just getting started, like if you're trying to build your book or you're trying to specialize in a certain kind of tool, or you got to eat shit for a while. Like, it's just the way that it goes. Everybody's got to pay their dues. Ooh, paying your dues. How do you feel about doing like free work? Dude, we just talked about it. I'm doing free work right now. Like, <laughs> it, oh, into, okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. Okay. So you're doing free work to help people. What about those in the beginning who, like for me, I did my first two murals for free in order to get the exposure to one just to show I could do it. And now I'm charging a minimum of two grand for a mural. Yeah, it's all relative, man. If you're going to get good value out of it, um, I typically never, like if somebody comes at me with like, hey, it'll be really great exposure, that kind of shit, I, that just makes me feel like, ugh, this is, you just took all the fun out of it for me and now I don't want to do it anymore. And if it's not going to be fun for me, like, dude, we are the luckiest people on the face of the planet to be able to have this job. 
Okay. We get to create for a living, man. Like I draw cool shit for a living, right? It's awesome. Just do whatever you got to do to have fun with it and to, to make as much money as you can with it at the end of the day. Right. So sometimes you got to do some work for free if you want to. Sometimes don't, um, never do free work for an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not going to be fun for anybody. Do free work for yourself. If that, if that free work or the exposure without them being a douche about it feels like it's relative value for you, yeah, then, you know, it's, it's worthwhile. Absolutely. Man, we might have to do a part two sometime just to like go really, really, really deep on a topic that people are wanting. I feel like we've covered a lot of good things in here. Um, before we go to rapid fire though, what's one piece of advice you'd give to yourself when you were just starting off? There's always more time. Elaborate on that. I like to stack plates as high as I possibly can, right? Same. I'm a big, I, I function at a really high level when there's a lot on the line and when there's just, everything is in pure chaos. You thrive in chaos as well. Same dude, same. That's all I've ever known. The more pressure, the more, the more work. Um, and I've always had a really strong like work ethic with this kind of stuff is that like, I'll outwork. I'll outwork you at the end of the day. Like I'll just go longer than you will. And that's served me really well. But if I would, if I had, you know, if I had any advice for myself, whenever I was just starting out, everything was like do or die, right? It's got to be done. And it's got to be done at this super high level. And, and you've got to do as much as you can and burn the candle at both ends. Yeah, man. And I just, um, you know, it served me really well. It paid off now because I'm in a really good like happy place with myself. Um, but there's always more time. Chill. Be nice to people. <laughs> you know, don't like you, we're not curing cancer here, you know, like just do the best work you can. And there's always more time to get stuff done. And it's a marathon. Yeah, exactly. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Man, I think I feel like you were talking to my uh, old self. Cause I went hard in the paint for a long time, damage relationships and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, it, it got me results really quickly. But that's why now this show is the art of healthy hustling. Yeah. So, you know, to not be like what you just described and what I described, like it, it paid well for me too. But at yeah. the same time, like I burned some bridges along the way and I pissed off my wife and I almost lost her probably once or twice before we got married. Yeah, that's how it goes, man. I mean, like um, everybody's got a different experience, you know, um, and everybody's got a different work ethic and everybody's got a different expectation and everybody wants different shit. Like that's, and that's okay. Like some people want to absolutely rule the world and some people want to go home and, and kick their feet up and hang out at five o'clock every night. And there's nothing wrong with either one of those. And so I think just identifying who you are and what you want and making sure you've got the stomach to go and get it. Define what success means to you, not take someone else's definition. Exactly. Exactly. Don't get it. What, what do you always say? Don't get caught in the comparison trap. Yeah. Right. Fall victims of the comparison trap, man. Like people who are listening right now, they're beginning their beginnings to someone's middle or to someone like where you are. Hence why I like to try and parallel it often to the beginners or the people who are like really starting to monetize their craft. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Try to give a glance at all the different levels or like break down the process of all these big names in the league. So it doesn't feel so like impossible yeah, it's not impossible, man. Just make cool work and do the best you can. Work hard and do the best you can. If you do those two things, you can at least put your head down on your pillow at the end of the night and sleep, right? Yes. My mom used to say that to me. 
you know, and I go to bed at night, I can't shut off my mind. It's like, damn, there wasn't enough hours in the day, but it's like the work is going to be there tomorrow. It's all going to be there tomorrow. Especially if it's just personal passion projects. Like I try to like, it's not going anywhere. My my coaching students, it's like, Hey, it's okay. If you don't get this, I want to push you to try and hit that, that internal deadline. But if life happens, you know, mental health, take care of yourself. Stuff happens, man. Look, that is not an excuse to miss a deadline. No. Don't just be like, I think I need a personal day when really you just want to go and play video games. No, uh-uh. No, that's one thing we pride ourselves on here is that well, there is zero chance of us meeting it. Like, we just don't do that. We don't miss deadlines. If we say we're going to have it by a date, then we've got it by that date. And so It's, it's under promise, over deliver. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right, that was the biggest thing I ever learned in a corporate culture. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you were on death row, let's get into this rapid fire. What would your last slice of pizza be? Pepperoni and onion, pan pizza, for sure. Anywhere specific? No, there's a place, you know what? There's actually a place here. Uh, I love like the, just like the generic ass Domino's pan pizza. <laughs> dude, Domino's like flat, or no, the, the thin crust pepperoni, that's dang. It's good, man. There's a place here in town called uh, Pizza House that's right down the street from me and that I'd never been there before and a buddy of mine told me that he didn't think that I would like it for whatever reason. And he was, I was like, well, let's go. And I like loved it. Now that's all I ever want to eat is pizza from that place. And then I know that you're like, the king of Casey's Pizza, man. I was just going to ask, you have them, right? Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Breakfast pizza. Come on. Everybody, anybody who's ever had a hangover in the Midwest has eaten a piece of breakfast pizza from Casey's. Okay, you can affirm that I'm not crazy for loving gas station pizza. It sounds weird when you say it that way, but you you know the truth. Dude, you know what's weird? It's like my one of my favorite foods in the world is gas station fried chicken. Right? I don't know why. Like it's. I can see why people would think gas station uh, pizza sounds... <laughs> like <laughs> disgusting as fuck because like once you said that i was like dude that sounds nasty yeah gas station i get it now dude, okay, gas station like your average well like i grew up i i'm originally from the mississippi delta which is like the place in the south that everybody makes fun of in movies right like it's all the way down there and so like but like there's so many gas stations with amazing fried chicken like i grew up eating it and i'm like addicted to it now that's hilarious man it's great if you could have lunch with one person dead or alive, who would it be and why? For sure. Like hanging out with mom. Cool. If you were reincarnated, what would your new career path be outside of like design? I know you did music too, but like, let's just say design. Oh, I'd be a chef. Chef? Yeah, I cook every night. What would your chef name be? What do you, the I, fried chef. Josh Sullivan, I think. Yeah. Josh Sullivan. <laughs> yeah i don't know i think if i i think if i had a restaurant it would probably still be called fried fried yeah you you don't have like a chef name just be you know like some of them have like a a fun name i don't know do they really uh, what's the salt bay yeah (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i'll think about it i'll think about it and i'll give you my new chef name on on volume two of this podcast about that all right the most important one, do you believe in aliens or other life forms existing outside of our solar system or just in paranormal ex- at all? Aliens, fuck yes. <laughs> like, how could you not? I don't do the ghost thing. Okay. Weird. Mainly just because, mainly because I'm, uh, I just like, I, I, I feel like I have to see it to believe it, but then I've never seen an alien, you know? So I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm always like baffled either like, I always thought either you were no to both of these or yes to both of these, but I've had some like, like Kark or was like all about yes. I believe like life forms, but like hell no to ghosts and stuff. So 
No, yeah. Well, it's like a science version versus like a faith version, I think, right? Like if you believe in ghosts and you got to believe in everything else that comes with it. And, and I think that that's fine and whatever. But, uh, but aliens is like, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, there's aliens for sure. Like the, there's just the chances of there not being aliens, I just feel like are so small. And not necessarily little green men, but like just alternative life forms out there. It could be tiny little worms. You don't know. You know, we could be, we could be, that's the crazy thing is everybody always thinks that like aliens are going to be like this life form that comes and like some independence day type shit. Right. But what if like, what if humans, like the chances of something else being smarter than us are huge, but I think we probably got the exact same chances of us being the most intelligent life forms as well. Right. I don't know. Like, what if that's true? What if we are actually the most intelligent life forms? Last thing, um, before we sign off, where can people go to follow you online and support you? Yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram uh, at Fried Design uh, Co. Um, and uh, it's supper time at, uh, on Instagram, too, for supper. All right, and you can slang some dope merch like this. Uh, thanks for the care package. I rocked the hell out of this stuff. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for your time. This was fun. Like, this was entertaining, man. We nerded out. And really off topic at times, but uh, we'll we'll have to get a round two and just go really in depth and then go off topic. Yeah. Sorry, man. I do that. (laughs) No, it's it's on me. I'm the one steering the ship here. So let me, uh, let me know, man. I'd love to do another one anytime. For sure. So if any of you listening out here, if anything we talked about today, like brand strategy or pricing um, is something you really want to dive deep into, Josh and I can go into it. So cool. All right, man. Thank you so much for your time. Be safe. Be safe. Stay sane. Thanks, man. All right, homie. Peace. PC family, there you have it. Josh Sullivan of Fried Design Co. and Supper Agency. Do what you do best. If you found value in what he had to say today, go blow him up on Instagram right now by sharing your biggest takeaway or share your notes with him. Thanks again, Josh. We appreciate your time and you just sharing your creative genius with us today. Seriously, thank you so much. If this show has helped you along your creative grind, there are two ways you can support what we're building here. First off is by financially backing the show over at patreon.com slash perspective podcast like my family at Iron Bean Coffee Company as well as Tony Minix does. And the second way is by subscribing and leaving a rating and review over an Apple podcast. Not only does this staple you in as the listener of the week, but it helps the show climb the charts in the arts design category. And this week's listener of the week is titled Shockingly Information and Inspiring. And this one comes from Hippie Trish from the U.S. She states, a lot of side hustle podcasts are big on sharing success stories and providing inspiration, but they are so depressingly deficient when it comes to actual things you can do. Scotty and co are different. Each podcast I've listened to has given me concrete, actionable ideas that I started putting to use immediately, and it came in a friendly and entertaining manner. Highly recommended. Thank you so much, Hippie Trish. That means the world to me. And as I sign off, I got to give a huge thank you to my podcast editor, Anya Brennan, my executive assistant, Paige Garland, video specialist, Colton Bacher, and Nick Jenkins of Bluka. Seriously, all of you guys are the glue that keeps this show running. I appreciate you all. And as you finish off your week strong, I want to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting in the work, and keep creating. You got this. You got this.